Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 381, I'm bringing back on the show one of my favorites, Max Lucado, and he's here to share with us the truth that the ultimate don't mom alone move is your life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Open yourself to the possibility that the greatest power on the universe is alive and well, accessible to you wherever you are, and you don't have to check your brains at the door. We not expect our great God to be working in supernatural, not natural, but supernatural fashion. Uh, If not, he's not a great God. In Western cultures, we tend to operate under the assumption that if we can't explain it, it isn't real. It kind of came along with the industrial era and science, and I believe what I see. And my guest this week, Max Lucado, gives us hope beyond what we can understand. He is an author and a pastor, and he encourages us that the God who created the universe, the God who came and dwelt among us. This God also promised to be with us and to guide us and to comfort us and speak to us and remind us because this Holy Spirit is our guarantee, our guarantee for an forever eternal presence with God. Max is going to share some of his own experience, how he became aware of God's presence in his life, what it's like to hear from God, and If you're looking for an empowerment in your motherhood and strength for difficult days, he is encouraging us to open ourselves up, like he just said, to the possibility that the greatest power in the universe is alive and accessible to you wherever you are. Do we believe it? Okay, well, let's get right to it. Here we go. Max, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's terrific. It's it's great to be with you. Thanks for all you do to encourage moms as well as dads all over the world during these crazy times in which we live. Crazy times. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Right. There have been crazier. I know there have been, but in our lifetime, it feels crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, there have been crazier. I mean, we're not living through a world war <laughs> or, a, or a financial depression, but uh yeah. You know, it is it it is a crazy time. And I, I think in our lifetime, we're seeing more change in our lifetime. Uh, just last week, maybe the week before, I read a report by Gallup in which they do this annual inventory of the major value issues of our society. And in the last 20 years, every single major issue has experienced more acceptance, more acceptance. And these are things like um, divorce, uh, sex between teenagers, uh, sex outside of marriage. And, and, and so the, the report stated simply that if you long for the good old days, you have an argument. <laughs> you, you know, I, I've always kind of dismissed that phrase, the good yeah. old days. Yeah. But things really are different. In the last 20 years, there has been yeah. a major shift in our society. Yeah. Yeah, well, one thing that has always been the same, no matter the times, is the existence of the Trinity. And I know for myself personally, I grew up in the church. I professed faith in kindergarten, discipled in all the ways, but hadn't personally experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And it wasn't until in my 30s when I was reading Forgotten God by Francis Chan that I was like, wait a second. I know all these promises. I've read all these promises. I'm not experiencing this and had my own journey of experiencing the spirit in my life. But I would love to know, because I've kind of shared that here on the show and we'll link to those episodes, but I would love to know your journey as someone who's ministered as long as, and then I don't mean this to be offensive, as long as I've been alive, you have been (laughs) ministering, (laughs) you have been ministering and have been a part of sharing the gospel around the world. And so what was your intersection with experiencing the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm not surprised that as long as you've been alive, I've (laughs) been doing this. I, um, I'm, I'm closing in on 68 years old. I know it's a long time. 
I've been at the same church in San Antonio since 1988, and they are so happy when I travel. They are really tired of me. That's um, not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my short. Here's my okay. here's my elevator speech when it comes to that. Uh, like you, I was raised in a Christian home. Unlike you, I was more a disciple of Coors okay. in my high school and college days than I was a disciple of Christ. I enjoyed a discovery of the great grace of God when I was about 20 years old. And I came to believe that God had a place for an old drunk like me. And I came home to Christ. And um, I forever, forever am grateful for the mercy that forgives jerks and bums like me. However, I was not raised in a background that emphasized the role of the Holy Spirit. We understood much about Holy Scripture and uh, much about the cross and about resurrection. And I was and still am convinced to the core that the tomb is empty. But uh, for whatever reason, had you asked me who is the Holy Spirit, I would have said the Holy who I, I, I did not know. Yeah. And um, and so off I went to seminary. I ended up in Miami. Florida, then I spent five years in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and then, like I said, moved to San Antonio in 1988. I was and had always been kind of a driven sort of guy. Uh, I don't know what that level number is on the Enneagram. My <laughs> wife is all into that. I don't know. She says mm -hmm. I'm a three. Yeah, I'm married to one of those. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so, yes. but I, I love Achiever. You like to get stuff, stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love finished. Well, that's that's could be a lethal deal in pastoral work because you never finish. Right. And so uh, within three or four years, I was really battling insomnia. I, I was running, burning the candle at both ends. We had three kids, two of them in diapers. I was traveling way too much. and It was it was a recipe for disaster. I would climb out of bed while everybody else was asleep, Heather, and go downstairs and I would just pray. And I'd say, Lord, I'm so tired. Uh, I just I can't sleep. I've got this to do, this to do, this to do. And and I would like to say that it was a salt to Paul type moment uh, in which the light came on in the living room and uh, I began writing epistles. That's not what happened. <laughs> but uh, little by little, I sensed a whisper, a wooing, kind of a just breathe deeply, just relax. And little by little, I, my sleep began to return. Uh, I began to enjoy life. Uh, I think I became a better husband. I had some good conversations with my wife about our kids. And um, about that time at our church, we were studying the Gospel of John. And I read Jesus's words in John 14, in which he called the Holy Spirit our comforter, the, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside. And I thought to myself, that's that's who's been helping me, the comforter. Now, he had been helping me all those years prior. I just did not recognize to his work. And so I, I, I think I trace my conscious relationship with the Holy Spirit back to those midnight prayer sessions uh, in which I was I was really uh, pretty desperate. So that's that that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, I think you kind of described where probably a lot of my listeners are right now, that season of little kids working hard, whether they both are on their careers and it's like they mm -hmm. hit at the same time in your timeline yeah. right now and mm -hmm. feeling really depleted and overwhelmed, but yet not being able to sleep and just the mind not shutting down. And so I think there's comfort in even knowing that you have experienced that and the encouragement to seek God's guidance in mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. I appreciate yeah, and, your story. Yeah. It, it, you, and, and it is a common story. These days, anxiety is off the charts. Depression is at an all time high. I read the other day that 35% of logons to the internet are for pornography. I think that's a manifestation of loneliness mm -hmm. uh, and, and a desire for some type of adventure or thrill. Suicide, as we all know, is at all time high. So these are tough times. Yeah. Like we're, they call them coping mechanisms, right? These are poor mm -hmm. coping mm -hmm. mechanisms. And maybe the listener has heard of the Holy Spirit and knows 
but questions the reality of, okay, really this thing I'm praying to is going to give me help and strengthen me. Talk us through that. Yeah. The Christian faith at its core is a supernatural experience. And that consequently is a challenge for many of we who are westernized in our worldview. Uh, We're secularized. And that's just an observation. I don't mean that as a critical statement. Secularization simply means that you've got little space for the unseen and the inexplicable. If you can't see it or can't explain it, then it's probably not real. Now, we take that as a matter of course, don't we, Heather? I mean, that's how we were raised. A person has to overcome that to embrace the Holy Spirit. Now, we all know that there are generations of people who were not secularized, and there are nations on our planet right now that are not secularized, and they seem to have an understanding and easier acceptance of the uh, Holy Spirit. They have other issues that maybe we don't, but this secularization uh, really takes its toll. It pushes against an embracing of the Holy Spirit. So to, to that person, I would simply say, open yourself to the possibility that the greatest power on the universe is alive and well, accessible to you wherever you are, and You don't have to check your brains at the door. We not expect our great God to be working in supernatural, not natural, but supernatural fashion. Uh, If not, he's not a great God. If he's only as strong as somebody's mental capacity, then that's not a big God. But our great God uh, came in the form of a human being and for a time lived on the earth. But then that human being, Jesus said, now nah, I got to go because it'd be better for you when I leave because I am confined to a geographical space and a physical body. When I leave, I will come to you or the spirit will come to you. The, the other expression of the Trinity, the Godhead will come to you. And he is not confined. He is not limited. He can be as much in Cambodia as he is in Connecticut. He is simultaneously powerful, and that power is made available to every single person. And so to that person who's a bit hesitant, I get it, I understand, but be open to the possibility that your worldview may be working against you in this case rather than for you. Okay. I think it's officially fall, y'all. I'm going to call it. Uh, And I am super thankful for one of our sponsors, Stitch Fix, for getting me fall ready. I was in the need of some good boots and Stitch Fix saved the day. They showed up because I'd already taken my style quiz. My likes and my style was already in their system. So when I knew I needed boots, I just logged on to my account. I looked in basically my own curated shop and found the exact cute boots I needed. They were already pulled up in my size because my sizes were already in the system. And they sent them to me. They came the next day. Now, some of you maybe want to try on your stuff. Well, Stitch Fix has that option where once you have taken the quiz and you put in your styles and they have sizes from extra small to 3XL, they're going to find your perfect fit and they have over a thousand brands. So what they do is their stylist will learn about your taste, collaborate with you and send you pieces to try on at home. So then you can just see what you love and send back the rest. Shipping returns exchanges are always free and there's no subscription required. So if you just need a fall refresh, like you need a cute new sweater because it's sweater weather, uh, go to Stitch Fix, put in your order just for the one time and you are in control of that. So right now, Stitch Fix is offering my listeners $20 off their first fix at stitchfix.com forward slash DMA. That's stitchfix.com forward slash DMA for $20 off today. Stitchfix.com slash DMA. Good. That's really good. And I I think about the Old Testament. I think about if we sometimes we're drawn to the New Testament because it feels slightly closer to application. 
But if we read the Old Testament, we grasp God's presence in this tabernacle, the temple to Jesus, to us, like that movement of God's mm-hmm. presence. Yeah. It's this awe-inspiring, wow, wow. With faith, we get to be that holder of God's presence. And you said not confined by country. I even tell my kids it's not confined by age. There's no mm-hmm. junior Holy Spirit. There's not like a little <laughs> one in you and a big one in me. Like yeah. there's this, I think, gift to your family. If your children choose faith, which we don't have control over, we can guide and we can disciple, but we don't have control over when they do, there's this unifying force in your family that's unseen, supernatural. And like, I love how you pointed out, it's a supernatural thing. And you've already professed faith supernaturally that this Jesus was God, that this Jesus did rise from the dead. You've done all that work. Now, don't take on all the burdens of living out the Christian faith. Believe that the Holy Spirit is in you and equipping you and then your family as one. And so talk to us about this unifying aspect of the spirit. Yeah. That was, you're going to thank you. So I see much. you opening thank your Bible and I well, love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, well, okay. So again, for some reason it is easier for many of us. And I, I keep thinking that it's a consequence of our Westernized culture to believe uh, that God can forgive me my sins and God can defeat my death than it is for us to believe that God can inhabit me and bring with him all the power of heaven. But this is the teaching of scripture. This is the same Bible who says, "You're for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son. That same Bible says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians 1, 13. See, right there. I see it. I see it. Underlined <laughs> and all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So having, when you believed, yeah. you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now mm-hmm. I believed, I professed a belief when I was 10 years old. So I believe, even though I didn't know it at the time, that at that moment I was sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was, I was stamped as if to say, God saying to the devil, no, now he's mine. I place my seal on him. You cannot have him. That did not, does not mean I would not stumble because I did. It does not mean I would always be faithful because I was not. But it does mean that the Holy Spirit then was entrusted with the task of delivering me to heaven. The, the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is like the ultimate UPS you know, worker. His responsibility is to make sure Locato makes it home safely. So that's a wonderful gift, an unspeakably wonderful gift. So I received the Holy Spirit. Now, in your family, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't have to force it. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend. You just simply have to believe the Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit is in me. You may be the only one in your family who has said yes to Christ. Consequently, you're the only one who has the Holy Spirit uh, at the dinner table. But that's okay. You don't have to pretend. You have to be odd. The Holy Spirit will take over and he will guide the conversations. And also the Holy Spirit will guide you first through the verse, but also through the voice, through the voice, sometimes through impressions, sometimes through sensations that we have, sometimes through an inner knowing, sometimes through a counsel of a friend. But you can trust that you're not in this journey, on this journey by yourself. You have the Holy Spirit in you who speaks to you through the verse and through the voice, and he is committed to getting you home safely. And y'all might not know, but he's touching, when he says verse, he's touching God's word. So God's word is a guide and the Holy Spirit uses God's written word to speak to us. But then And let's talk about this. Like people say, I want to hear God's voice. And I have had personal experiences of prayer time. And, and like I, I told you, like the Holy spirit expresses itself through warmth on my arms, but that started after I personally confessed an unbelief in the active work of the Holy spirit today, I'd been handed a theology that the spirit only worked for a time to establish the church. And I think 
my not experiencing the Holy Spirit in my life, even though it was everything I read was true, was my own personal blocking of unbelief of saying, I don't believe that's true. So when I confess, Lord, forgive me, I've been believing this. Woo, Max, it got a little wacky. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the room was spinning. There was warmth on my arms. I don't know. If I hadn't read similar things in the Bible, I would have thought I was, you know, needed to go get hospitalized or something. But (laughs) there were two other people there. I have witnesses like this really was my experience. Okay. And like you said, in a non-Western world, that would be like, yeah, of course, like, Mm -hmm. of course. So since that time in times of prayer, when I quiet my spirit and I ask God, I listen And when a thought pops into my head, I examine it to see if it aligns with scripture. And I take that as the Holy Spirit, letting me lean into the voice of God. But I would love to know your thoughts on hearing from God. Lots of thoughts on this one. (laughs) Lots of thoughts. Yeah. So we'll start backwards and see if I can work toward the beginning, if I can remember where we started. No, I know. I just went on. I told you I love this topic. That's good. I can't stop. I I agree 100%. I believe if uh, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, does it not then make sense that the Holy Spirit has free reign to manage my thoughts? Now, uh, Satan still comes with thoughts of anxiety or inappropriate thoughts, but I can take those thoughts captive and present them to Jesus Christ. And so uh, my thoughts become a way that God guides me. And that's one of the things when I say the verse and the voice, that's what I mean. I, I, I can I can begin my day and I can say, Lord, what is your will for me today? I think it was Saturday morning. I was I did that It's Saturday morning and I was I had a lot to get done because I was about to go on a trip. And so my attitude wasn't the best. And I, but I, I read my Bible and I read where the Apostle Paul was praising Timothy because he's genuinely concerned for your will. Just that little phrase, Heather, arrested me. Mm-hmm. I thought, Max, you're not genuinely concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You're busy about your own agenda today. And so I, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me today to be genuinely concerned for every person I meet. It's all five minutes. Heather. I'm not talking yeah. about a three-hour prayer. There wasn't like an exegesis and a like. Right. No, <laughs> well, it's just right there. Yeah. It's right there. So here's my take. I believe the Lord spoke to me through that verse and then also affirmed it in a voice in the sense that it was convicting. It was convicting, like, okay, okay, get back on track. I was still saved, still going to heaven, still cherished by God, you know, still name still written in the book of life, but I just needed a little slight uh, attitude adjustment. So the verse and the voice worked together to help me. Yeah. Now, I'm like you. I, I, I spent a large portion of my life believing that the active work of the Holy Spirit discontinued once the church had received scriptures. I know that line of reasoning well. I advocated for it for uh, many years, even even as a minister. And then I began to well, I began to look for that scripture. Yeah, that's what I have been looking for that. Where did this come from? Where did did that scripture exist? It says, okay, once the scripture's in the hands of the saints, then you'll no longer need the active manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the world today. I couldn't find it. What I found was the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament church as a model, not an exception, but a model for how the Holy Spirit wants uh, to work today. Yeah. And uh, I opened, that's what happened to me, Heather, in my early 30s. I thought, okay, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Sometimes it's that exhaustion that drives us to say, okay, Lord, I surrender to you. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, earnestly seek the gifts of the Spirit. Earnestly seek the gifts of the Spirit. If the gifts of the Spirit were discontinued in the first or second century, why would he tell us through Scripture to continue earnestly seeking the gifts of the Spirit? And so I do. I, I, I can't say it every day, but quite often I say, Lord, is there another gift that you would give me? I seek everything. My heart is wide open to anything you have that you want to give me because I really need it. And our society needs it as well. 
Yeah. Okay. So that was dealing with my unbelief. This week, our sponsor, HelloFresh, saved me. Okay, so Bruce has been out of town on work trips. I'm about to leave town. I've been doing the kid thing. It's about when schoolwork kind of gets ramped up, and I just picked up a son from school. I really wanted to swing by the fast food restaurant, but I remembered that my HelloFresh order had come in, and I had all of the ingredients I needed to make a delicious, healthy meal and sit around the table with my boys. And so I (laughs) just drove home and I was able in 20 minutes to make this delicious creamy dill pork tenderloin with Israeli couscous and like these yummy green beans, all from what they sent me. And we had plenty of food. I put in that it was for six people. And so even when Bruce got home from his business trip, he was able to have something delicious to eat. And So I want this for you guys. I want to help make your life a little bit easier when it comes to eating dinner. I know for me, it's a high value to get my family gathered around the table, but often just life makes it challenging. HelloFresh makes it easier. I also love that they have special meals for fall. You can choose quick and easy meals. You can choose family-friendly. If you have special dietary needs, you can adjust that in there. You can even change for your schedule. So for me, like I had it planned for this week. If your plans are flexible, you can choose and update your preferences and change your delivery date and your location. It makes it so easy. So if you are looking for a great option to get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes all delivered to your door, check out HelloFresh. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA65 and use the code DMA65, you're going to get 65% off plus free shipping. And when you write that DMA65, you're writing the number six and the number five. So DMA65. So go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA65 to get that 65% off plus free shipping with the code DMA65. Five, you are going to discover, like I have, why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I'll admit it, I'm a procrastinator. If something doesn't have to be done, I'm going to put it off until the last minute. And while that works for most of the time, um, one thing we really cannot afford to wait on is setting up term coverage life insurance. And maybe you've seen life insurance commercials on TV and thought, yeah, I'll look into that later. Well, this is something you really shouldn't wait on. Choose life insurance through Ladder today. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in the application. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of five stars on Trustpilot, and they made Forbes best life insurance 2021 list. So all you need is a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply, and their smart algorithms work in real time, so you find out if you are instantly approved. There's no hidden fees. You cancel any time. You get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims, plus they're rated A and A plus by AM Best. Finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash DMA today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash DMA. Ladderlife.com slash DMA. And then talk to us about hearing like the voice, like you said, moving forward. You you gave the example of your Saturday So for the person listening, they are at a decision point. Maybe it's their kid's school or it's a it's a big feels like a big decision. Maybe it's a small decision. Like you were saying, like my will for the day, you're suggesting they go to God's word and they surrender themselves. And then when they believe that lie, was that my voice or was that God's voice? Give us some bumpers around that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Boy, you ask great questions. This is where people live. This is where people live. Yeah. So the in, in seeking God's will, the first question in prayer is not, God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. But God, have I made you my Lord? Have I made you my Lord? So, so the first question is not what choice do I make, but who do I serve? Who do mm-hmm. I serve? Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I say this, say, 
because there's a battle going on. Uh, I know what I want. Am I really willing to lay that aside Hmm. and say, God, what do you want? And so there's there's the struggle. And so I must first ask the Holy Spirit, help me be a bondservant or a slave of the Lord and not my will, but your will be done. And having acknowledged that, then I can say, Lord, now, where do you want me to go? You want me to turn right? You want me to turn left? You want me to go straight? You want me to go backwards? Which way do you want me to go? And he will speak to me. Romans 12, 2 says that there is a will of God that is pleasing, that is good and pleasing and perfect. Good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't that great to know? There is a will of God for you today that is good and pleasing and perfect. Mm-hmm. I have to surrender first and say, God, you know more about my life than I do. And I'm going to trust you. Here are my options, Father. Should I say yes or should I say no? Mm -hmm. Then I think the answer comes oftentimes through Scripture. In the book, I tell one of the most unusual stories of my life. I was in Brazil as a missionary and as a foreigner. I was not required to pay income tax to the Brazilian government. But my conscience was bothering me because I uh, was using the roads. I was using all the you know, infrastructure of Brazil, why shouldn't I pay tax? And many missionaries said, well, we don't have to. I'm not going to. I was just kind of troubled by that. And so I said, Lord, is there anything in the Bible? <laughs> anything like, in the Bible about this? Yeah. Well, of all things, there is a story in which uh, Jesus told the apostle Peter to catch a fish and pull the fish out. There was a coin in the fish's mouth. And Jesus said, the sons of the kingdom are not required. But so that we do not offend them, use this to pay the tax. Is that not the most unusual story? I was not required. So I went fishing and hoped for a coin and a fish. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> You're like, now I need the money. No, but it's like he's saying it's mine anyway. Like I can yeah. put a coin in a fish's mouth. I can put a coin in your pocket. Do anything, anything. It wasn't yours to start with. So, yeah. Yeah. And see, my point is the scripture is so practical. Yeah. So practical. So many times, I don't know if I say most of the time, but many times he'll speak to us through a verse. And then, like you said, he'll speak to us through a voice, an impression, a sense in our hearts, a sensation in our bodies. Oftentimes we will uh, reach out to people whom we trust and ask their counsel. And we will either get affirmation or redirection through that. What we need to know is that God wants to guide us. He really does. He's not playing games with us. So uh, surrender yourself, open scripture, see if you find a verse that leads you. And oftentimes, I think I heard Billy Graham say this. Please forgive me if he didn't say it. But uh, Billy Graham or someone would say, I I I will read until that verse hits me. That was the phrase, hits me. I'll be reading and say, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a subjective thing. But he would take that to mean the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. So mm-hmm. we all find our different ways of relating and sensing and following the Holy Spirit. But trust once you've submitted yourself to him, he will talk to you through a verse or a voice. It's very helpful. I've, I've got this decision I've got in my brain currently and it both it feels very benign, like both feel like good options. But I'd rather do the God direction, like, because I see the ripple effects of our choices and how one little thing and faithful move or following God can actually be preparing something in advance for 10 years from now. I mean, I just had Mm -hmm. an experience. It's a private thing, but I, I just had that experience last night where it was something a mom felt prompted to start 10 years ago. And it is the fruit is showing up now in something she didn't even know she needed. And so I just think Reminding yourself who you serve, like you started with, and actually engaging the Holy Spirit. So many people are like, oh, I don't know if that works. Or I, don't, I don't, you know, like our Western skepticism. But have you tried? Are you really committed to inviting God into your life? And if you try taking note, is there peace? <laughs> is there patience? Is there kindness? Is there gentleness? Is there fruit of the Spirit? I think it was the study I did it was a Beth Moore study eons ago. That was the first time in all my years of learning the fruit of the spirit that I connected the dots, that this is not me 
forcing fruit. This is coming from the Holy Spirit. I was always trained like you need to be more patient. You need to be more gentle. So I think that like pay attention, like, are you seeing that fruit in your life? And that's a sign that the spirit's present and working. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This fruits, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, humility. All of these are manifestations of the presence of the spirit within us. I love the idea that the Holy Spirit is working through me because that means I don't have to work on my own. Uh, that there is something happening when I speak that is like Jesus taking the basket of loaves and fish and just multiplying it, multiplying it. We don't have to force it. My wife, Dean just a delightful woman, as proof that she's put up with me for 41 years, was recently at a grocery store that in Texas we all know, H-E-B, oh. and she uh, saw a a woman in a wheelchair uh, being pushed by what appeared to be a teenage, she assumed teenage son. And um, the woman looked very frail, very frail. And she had oxygen tank in her lap and she was thin and she was kind of tilted to the side. And the teenage boy was doing his best to pick out groceries and she was trying to help him. And Dean felt a prompting, Heather, she called it a prompting. And she said, I need to do something, but yeah. she didn't know what to do. And these days we're all a little skittish, you know, about approaching strangers, and what they're going to think. So she uh, didn't do anything initially. When it came time to check out, she got in line and she finds herself directly behind the woman in the wheelchair and the teenage son. And the Holy Spirit told her, pay for her groceries. She said it was just clear. The, the phrase pay for groceries just came in her mind. And Dylan said, I don't know why I didn't think about that before. And so she reached up and she told the cashier, said, I'll take care of both of these. And the lady began to weep. She just began to weep. She was so grateful. She was so grateful. Dylan came home so happy. She was so happy. She couldn't wait to tell me. She called that the highlight of her day. I thought waking up next to me would have been the highlight of her day. <laughs> Obviously not. And so I, the fruit of the spirit is that love, that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, that self-control. These are wonderful attributes that we all desire. But you know what? Dean didn't force it. She didn't force it. But she was trying to be sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus, when he described the Holy Spirit, described it like water. Water coming up out of us and out of you shall flow rivers of living water. This is the Holy Spirit, John said. And so the rivers of living water, they flow. They're not forced. They flow. Nothing turns people off more than forced Christianity. You know, and I try to talk in religious tones or try to impress people. And nothing bothers Jesus more than hoaxy. Christianity, where we stand on the street corner and pray in order to be seen by people. But nothing touches people more than authentic faith. They don't have to agree with you, but if they sense that it's, you're just being kind, you're operating out of what's natural, really it's supernatural, but it appears natural. There, there, there's the powerhouse. There's the lighthouse that, that we need. So good. You kind of mentioned this, nobody, the overdoing it. So I think in my talking about the Holy Spirit, because I was on this side of the pendulum and I'm swinging closer to God's intention and Jesus experience and the, the early believers, I'm like fired up because this is moving me from this side. Then I interact with people who are on the other side and grew up in homes where there was a more extreme expression of the Holy Spirit. And it was very much a, a, you, you questioned what was true, what was not true. Oh, I have a word from the Lord. Did you really get a word from the Lord? Like there's a lot of skepticism because they saw it abused. And I think what you and I experienced was like this swinging from it's, you know, pendulum on all the things. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about like, how do we, when the enemy tries to convince us that this isn't real because it, it's too showy or it's, do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. How do we I, I, guard against not over swinging and also not taking away the power of it because it's been sensationalized. Yeah. 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 
Well, you're nailing it. You're, this is the situation. You're, you're nailing it. In fact, in the first uh, chapter of the book, I talk about the two extremes. Uh, that there are, are those who uh, act like they have a backstage pass to the Holy Spirit, and their whole ministry exists to elevate them over me because they have more than I do, and that they have uh, their buddy buddy almost with the Holy Spirit. Then to the other extreme, there are the uh, kind of hall monitors that police the self-appointed posse that's uh, out to, you know, keep everything in check. And so somewhere in between, Heather, is uh, the God-fearing, Christ-loving, Bible-reading, uh, sincere disciple. And he just wants to follow Christ. She just wants every gift that Christ has ordained for her to have. That's that healthy medium that we have. I think there will always be the two extremes. There always will be. I'm very encouraged, however. I do think one of the saddest manifestations of my generation, 68 year old, almost 68 year olds, is that we allowed a split to exist in the evangelical world between non-charismatics and charismatics. I think that's coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, it is, is too. I know in, in my world, I, I, I go places and preach that 30 years ago, I'd never be invited to preach. And we have people at our church that we wouldn't have invited 30 years ago. So things are different. So, yeah. so maybe we're getting beyond that. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I feel like even in my little realm of Dallas, um, I've seen this. There was my experience and then I'm sitting on the sidelines with a friend of a baseball game and she's telling me her experience and she invites me to this cohort where they're teaching different tools that are taught to ministers in other countries that lay people can start applying blessing prayers and listening prayers and inner healing prayer. And I'm like, this is exciting. It feels like the fires are just starting to come alive around Dallas and prepping. And I even feel like my sons who are teens, like their generation, there's some fire. A friend shared this verse from Joel too, which says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirits in those days. I just, it's, it's encouraging to see. It is. And as we read statistics like those I shared earlier, we must be quick to counterbalance and state the Holy Spirit can heal the world with just a raindrop, just a word. And wouldn't that be wonderful? That has happened on multiple occasions. And we've witnessed it in our country in the Great Awakenings. Uh, in the revivals and the great Welsh revival at the early part of the 1900s, the stories that come out of those revivals are just enough to make a person go, Oh Lord, do it again, do it again. And may it, may it happen because I, I have completely given up that organized religion is going to solve this, uh, you know, more polished sermons or the right church policy or a church program or the government or education. I'm really not a cynic, but I'm realistic. The only thing that's going to rescue and bless us before Christ returns is a revival, a Holy Spirit revival where he pours out his spirit upon sons and daughters. And we do prophesy. We declare the goodness of God to one another. And wouldn't that be a wonder to witness in our lifetime? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk through as we end the ripple effects of this, like you mentioned your wife and the grocery store beyond just comfort, beyond just discernment, beyond just um, fruit. This all seemed personal, like the Holy Spirit's helping me. What my son is now going attending a Catholic Jesuit school, and I'm recognizing how this school is very pointed, others focused service. Like if we are empowered, it's not just for my personal comfort. That's great. That's true. It's not just for my own. This is so that I can bring Jesus to the nations and the nations start at my feet. Talk to us about this impact that could happen 
personally, beyond like a revival in a tent, like your day in, day out. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that's an invitation to urge every one of us to earnestly pursue the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate gift giver, and the Holy Spirit determines the gifts that we have, and the gifts are spiritual abilities as ordained by God. Those gifts could be uh, hospitality, could be administration, could be preaching, could be more uh, mystical, like discernment or praying in a heavenly language. But there's a variety of gifts, and each of these gifts, when under the authority of the Holy Spirit can be used to change the world. So when you know your gifts and operate out of those gifts, and I know my gifts and I operate out of those gifts, number one, I'm not going to be jealous about gifts I don't have because I trust the Holy Spirit to give what is needed. And number two, that's the recipe for really changing the world. A great evangelist is not saving souls because he's eloquent or she's eloquent. They're doing so because the Holy Spirit has chosen to place within that person the gift of evangelism. And when they speak, something supernatural happens. It doesn't happen when a person preaches who has, I don't know, an, an, an administrative gift. So make it your aim to unwrap the gifts that God has given to you. And if a person says, well, I don't know how to do that. It couldn't be more simple. Just say, Lord, what are my gifts? What are my gifts? Please reveal that to me. And he is so happy to do so. You'll soon find that you can do things in a way that other people can't. And when you find that, stay there, run in that lane, uh, continue to do that. And, and you'll find a ministry that is fruitful and effective. So if everybody did what my wife, Dean did in the grocery store. Imagine what there's, uh, I think, two billion people who at least call themselves Christians in the world. If all of us were every day saying, okay, Lord, here I am in the grocery store. Is there something I'm supposed to be doing? Wow. We're talking a, a tidal wave of change could happen. So my next book is called right where you belong. And it's about that. It's fully mm. occupying your God given space that that's the Good. definition of humility is to figure out where you are, how God's wired you, are you filling your space and trusting him outside of those bounds? So I love everything you're saying. And in my book, I have a link to Cruz website because they have a great spiritual gifts kind of assessment. If you have literally no clue what Max has been talking about spiritual gifts, mm -hmm. you don't have to work for them. It's great. Mm -hmm. You have been right. naturally wired. It is what, when you were a little kid, you loved to play or do. And then it's what other people come to you for. Like they seek you out. Like just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's wrong. Like I think we dismiss yeah. these things that come easily to us as no, not. Important. I think you're right. I think God loves us too much to give us an assignment and not the skill to fulfill it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you and all of your gifts. I told my boys this morning, I was like, remember all your favorite books? I'm talking to the author this morning and they were super pumped. So thank you for using your gifts. Thank you for this book. We will link to it in the show notes and blessings to you, praying for you and your health and care as you continue this ministry God's put before you. Well, and same to you, Heather, all the very, very best to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I know I get, I get worked up when I talk about the Holy Spirit, y'all. I cannot help it. It just excites me. It excites me that we have an option and I know for me, I can forget. So I hope this was just the little reminder you needed today that if you are in a place of despair, if you are wondering, is God working in my child's life, that you can be reminded of his presence, of his present care in your life, and that even if you don't see him working out his plan, he is not asleep. He hasn't you know, left you. What he's doing is moving in a direction for his redemption. And we just have to trust in them waiting and in the process. And that is hard. And thankfully, he doesn't let us wait by ourselves. He gives us a comforter. We just need to turn to him. And I need that reminder every day. And I just want to give you that same reminder. So I'm going to pray for us real quick. Lord, I thank you that you are for us, that you have not forsaken us. I pray that we would reach out to you when we're struggling, when our kids are struggling. Lord, I know in moments of pressure and stress, when it's the end of the day and we are tired and we're overwhelmed and we're fearful, that we often forget 
that you are just a whisper away. And I pray for my own heart that I would reach out to you, that I would invite you into my life, that I would ask for you to give me the strength or the peace or the comfort that I need in that moment so that I can more clearly represent you to my family, to my friends, to the situation, instead of operating out of my own fear, insecurities, inadequacies, and limitations. I thank you, Lord, that you are for us. You are for our kids. You are working nonstop for your bigger plans. And I pray that you would give us strength to surrender our plans to yours, that we would understand that you are for us. I pray for each person listening that if they haven't experienced you in this way, that you would continue to woo them closer to your heart, that there would be times of silence where they could listen to your voice for discernment, for your leading in a next big decision, and that they could have that peace in knowing that it comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for listening. And again, if you've never heard of Max Lucado, and I'm just introducing you to him, please check out his children's books too. They're unbelievable, especially you are special, big fan, big fan of what uh, that little story reminds our kids of and so many other great books that he's written. So check him out. Next week, we're back to our Ages and Stages series. I'm having a guest on the show that I've been wanting to have for years, Dr. Ken Wilgus. He is going to finish off our Ages and Stages series talking about teenagers, which even he would say that is a new word in our culture. Um, It didn't used to exist. Talking about moving our kids from adolescence into adulthood. It's really good. I think super freeing and helpful and guiding for those of us who are looking for some sort of formula in these hard, um, these challenging years of helping our children be finish off and become adults. So. Join me here next week. If you want to get those emails in your inbox, little notes from me, go to olaheather.com and you can sign up and I would love to connect with you there. All right, adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.